Jesse, man, I love that hair. I used to have hair like that. Long, curly, down to about here. A lot less gray hairs. Awesome. Well, welcome everyone to our service today. It's great to have you here with us. Um, and firstly, I want to say it's an absolute privilege to be here, to be bringing God's Word this morning. And I also want to take a moment to thank the stream team, that's right, here at Strong Nation Church for their servant hearts. And I just wanted to emphasize that they are the unseen workers uh, behind the scenes. They are the, the masked crusaders that bring this stream to us uh, every single week. And that's amazing. And so uh, I've been watching online this morning and I see people like, you know, Clover and Brandon Clark have, have, have joined the stream and, and Christy and Liz Zapparo. And I just think it's incredible that our stream team are able to do that. But it actually goes a little bit further than that, church. And so I don't know if you're aware, but I'm just going to let you know that we also stream to most of our major cities here in Australia, whether it's Brisbane or, or Melbourne or Adelaide and, you know, to our smaller towns like, like Wollongong and so forth. But we actually have an international audience and that, that's amazing. And I was having a conversation with Mr. Wes Sauer this morning in the stream room and he made it aware to me that we stream into countries like New Zealand and, and Cambodia and South Africa and even to a, a, a jail in Mexico. I think it's Pastor Ralph Ralph, I don't know if I've said that right, tunes in and, and watches our streams. And I, it made me think, wow, that's incredible that because our stream team say yes, they get to be a part of God's kingdom and God's plan. It's just incredible that they are, they are also part of spreading you know, God's gospel and a part of that great commission. It's awesome. And Thank God for technology. It's crazy, crazy times, like uh, Elijah said uh, in his little lead up there. In fact, uh, thank God for technology. What I've got here is I've, I've actually got the stream playing on my phone. And I thought that'd be cool if, you know, whoever's watching from home, uh, whether in your bed or your, or your living rooms or whatever, if you've got a phone or you've got a laptop, uh, make sure you comment in the chat and let everybody know that you're here with us today. Uh, put some amens in there. It's, it's really encouraging for a, a preacher to see and hear people say amen if they agree with God's word. So I encourage you to do that. I'll be watching live and I can see uh, Kimmy Inwood has said amen. Thank you, Kimmy. And uh, also I want to say uh, a happy birthday to somebody special. So happy birthday, Wolfgang. Wolfgang Hummel from our Mountains Church up there. Today he's celebrating his ninth birthday, I believe it is. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy, that you can't... Uh, Travel too far from home today, but I'm sure uh, mum and dad, John and, and Hannah, have got an awesome time planned for you guys as a family. And like I said, you guys, if you want to, you can say happy birthday to Wolfgang through the chat. It'll be awesome. Cool. So if you're anything like me, uh, you've been enjoying this series on this new kingdom. And I think it was, I think it was Dr. Reverend Adam White, I think, that said, you know, something that, it really, it really spoke to me. He said, we could spend an entire decade on this theme and not even scratch the surface. And it's so true. The concept of you know, God's kingdom is incredibly huge. And so Pastor Rick has uh, simplified this down to you know, a, a one idea for us. And that is the kingdom is anywhere and everywhere that Jesus rules in our lives. And so... I didn't need to venture too far for God to place a word in my heart today. I simply needed to, you know, look at my own life and, and think about the areas in which Jesus rules and, 
but also be honest, honest about the parts where Jesus wasn't ruling. And, and then, of course, use the Bible to seek some truths about that. And as we know, there are many, many examples uh, of the kingdom uh, inside the Gospels uh, where we find Jesus uh, teaching and, and making reference to the kingdom of God or when you look through Matthew, uh, the reference is the kingdom of heaven. In fact, many of Jesus' parables start off this way. They start off by saying, the kingdom of God is like. But as we know, these these parables are they're not they're not straightforward. They are they are simple uh, ideas and and simple words. But sometimes we tend to over spiritualize them. And yeah, what what we really should be doing is we should be trying to look at the bigger picture of what Jesus is is trying to teach us in the in these parables. So Jesus painted pictures of the kingdom with words. Some of his parables were taught in like a public setting, just like this, or some of his parables were further explained in a more intimate setting with his disciples, which made me think, if we really want to understand these, these parables better, we need only to ask. And so today, I, I want to look at the parable of the growing seed. And as we move through this parable together, I, I want to focus on the principles that Jesus is trying to teach here. So similar to the, the parable of the sower, this is a growth parable. And in some ways, it's an it's a, it's a extension of that parable. And when we think about, you know, this well-known parable of the sower, you know, it talks, about, um, it talks about the condition of the soil and the seed that it falls on. The seed being the word of God and, and the soil representing the condition of our hearts. And so some, some of the soils reject the seed and, and, and some of the soils contain rocks and, and thorns and some soils are, are ready to receive and, and grow the seed. And I thought, I'll just quickly recap uh, that sower's parable uh, so we can kind of see the similarities between uh, the sower's parable and the parable of the growing seed. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 26 and 29. So I'm reading from the NIV. You may have a different translation in front of you. That's okay. Remember, we're going to be looking for the overarching, uh, overarching principles that Jesus is teaching here. So it's, it's okay if the words are uh, slightly different. I can see some uh, amens and I can see some happy birthdays in the chat. That's awesome. So here we go. The parable of the growing seed. So verse 26, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it because the harvest has come. You see, the emphasis here is not on the condition of the soil, although it, it is required for the seed to grow. But here it's, it's more focused on this, this mystery around growth, you know, spiritual growth to be more specific. And this morning I want to share my thoughts and, and my ideas around this mystery and, you know, break it down into three really well thought out Pentecostal points. 
um, so you guys can remember this. And, and, and my hope this morning is that you get something out of this or perhaps you feel a, a type of way that you know, grows your desire to, to go out yourself and, and seek the truth on this. So let's prepare our hearts this morning through prayer so we can better understand and receive. Is that cool? So God, we love you so much. We come before you today humble by what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us in our lives. Lord, we pray that uh, your word seeks deep into our hearts today. Holy Spirit, will you open our ears so that we can hear your voice as we ready ourselves to receive a better understanding of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, many amens happening in the, in the chat. So as I mentioned before, it wasn't hard for me to uh, receive a message to speak today. I simply had to ask myself this question. David, does Jesus rule every area of your life? And if not, why not? And this question really, it really allowed me to uh, reflect on my Christian walk and put a spotlight um, on areas in my life. And it got me thinking about my spiritual growth. And I remember a number of years ago, uh, Pastor Judah was uh, preaching a message and he said, spiritual growth is not the responsibility of your leader. Spiritual growth is your responsibility. And this statement, that statement has really stuck with me since then. How do I take better responsibility of my own spiritual growth? How do I do that? How do I keep myself accountable? Is it, is it watching the, the Bible Project videos on YouTube? Is it watching The Chosen? There's some good places to start. Is it memorizing scripture? Is it, you know, ticking boxes here and there? Can I measure my spiritual growth? Or, or how about, can I measure spiritual growth in others? These were the questions. And so I believe uh, we, we can find some of the answers to this in this growth parable. So like all preachers do, I came up with this really clever title for my message. You guys ready? Kingdom growth. Nice. I just got the seal of approval from Elijah here. Awesome. So let's, let's start unpacking this together. Cool? All right. The parable of the growing seed, verse 26. So this is Jesus speaking. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Now, have you ever thought about seed before? Or what you do with seed? You, look, you're probably at home thinking, is this guy serious? Seed? Yeah, of course I've thought about a seed. Yeah, you, you throw it in the ground, you water it, boom, gum tree. Well, you're not wrong, you're not wrong, but have you ever thought about the power that the seed contains? The life that is already in the seed before you see it come to life. Though I reckon most of us, we don't really go that deep into it. I mean, how, you can't blame us. We, we go to school, we're taught what a seed is. We're taught that we put the seed in the ground and we water it and we expect something to grow, right? I don't think we... Think about it too much more than that. Now, for argument's sake, there may be a few people uh, watching through the stream who are absolute green thumbs, and they're like, David, it's horticulture, mate. It's horticulture. It's propagation. It's germination. It's life cycles. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
But here's my point. A seed carries within itself new life. In the same way, the word of God carries within itself new life. And this brings me to my first point. The growth of God's kingdom is in the seed. The word of God has the power to completely change us from the inside out. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh man, I've heard this before. I've heard this saying in church. I've, I've been a Christian my whole life. You know, it has the power to change me from the inside out. That sounds warm and fluffy. That sounds really nice. Well, let me just, you know, share a small, just a small part of what the Word of God has done in my life. So I'm a chilled out kind of guy. It's correct, I don't like chocolate. Yes, I will help you find your dog. And yes, I do love my community. But some would say that uh, I have a carefree kind of personality when it comes to life. Now, that's, that's not to say that I'm not passionate about certain things or, or certain people that are close to me because I am passionate. But for the most part, I'm pretty chilled out and it takes a lot to get under my skin. But I wasn't always that way. See, there was a, there was a time in my life where I just, I just had to be right. In fact, the fear of being wrong drove me to be even more right, even if I was wrong. It was crazy. And I can't say I know exactly when, and I can't say I know how this trait developed within me, but I will say that it was definitely alive and kicking. And anyway, I remember this one time at work when I got a nasty email from a customer. And it was one of those emails where I just knew they were wrong, and I knew what they were saying was wrong, but it didn't matter to them. So for whatever reason, they just wanted to give me an earful. So if that's, if that's ever happened to you, say something in the chat, because I know this is, I'm not the only person that this has happened to. And so I would go into this automatic you know, defense mode because I was like, okay, you're coming at me. And, and that's what you kind of do when, when people are coming at you, you go into this automatic defense mode. And so I returned serve an email in a very professional and courteous manner. And, and I began to detail the events, you know, dot point by dot point about how they were wrong and, and how I was right. And so I would craft this email and then, I would hit the send button and then I'd pick up my little lunchbox and off to my staff room and have lunch and enjoy my two minute noodles. And then I would come back after lunch and then sure enough, there'd be a reply from that same customer. But this time they were really, really upset. You know, they're not even, they're not even bothered about the, uh, the initial problem anymore. Now it's turned into a bit of a, a personal attack on me. Things got personal. So I was just like, oh no, you didn't. Oh, you, are we going to go there? Okay, we're going to go there. And so I'm like putting the gloves back on and I'm like my own corner man and my own hype man in this moment. I'm, 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 I'm arcing myself up to return serve. And I kid you not, I would spend 45 minutes crafting the best response through this email that I've ever done in my whole life. I had to be right. Like I am copying and pasting legislation. I am changing the font sizes. I'm highlighting full paragraphs in red. I am shouting in caps lock. Ah, you're wrong. Is anyone near you that has done that before? If, it, if anybody at home has said out loud, yeah, I've done that. That's cool. We're gonna pray for you at the end of this message. And so I had to prove my point. I had to be right. Now, first and foremost, is that good customer service? Of course it isn't. It's not. But here's the worst part. 
I didn't even feel good about being right. Yeah, I proved my point. Yeah, I was right in the end, but how I got there, that wasn't cool. I proved my point, but I did it in an ugly fashion. Now, is that living in the kingdom? Does Jesus rule over this area of my life? I, at that time, I, I don't think so. But what happened was, over time, God's word slowly entered into my heart. God's word has slowly but surely outworked itself in this area of my life. And it wasn't like a full book in the Bible or, you know, this amazing world. It was just simple verses like Proverbs 14, 29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. That is godly wisdom right there. Wouldn't you agree? So for the next two hours, I'm going to read you all the Proverbs from the Bible. Evie's face is just screwed up. She's like, no, I've got to go home. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But trust me when I say, church, that I didn't just read this proverb once and then my need to be right just vanished like that. No, no, that's not how it happened. But I can say this today. I don't respond to emails like that anymore. I don't. I'm a lot more considerate about the words that are coming out of my mouth and how they will affect the person receiving those words. Today, my emails are more like, hey man, I'm really sorry about that. You know, wh what can we do better um, next time so we don't end up here again? Even when I say that out loud with my own mouth, I'm like, what, who is this guy? Don't get me wrong, I still, I still stand up for what is right, but I do it in a controlled manner. That alone feels more like the kingdom to me. Wouldn't you agree? See, I choose to, I choose to lift up my neighbor, I, not tear him down. I choose self-control, not self-sabotage. And even still, I've, I've, I've got work to do in this space, but the seed, the, the word of God, has the power to change me from the inside out. Do you know the power that is in the single seed church? Do you understand what new life is available to us in the word of God? Scatter the seed, yes. But remember, we must, we must bury the seed, the word of God within us before we can see new life. The growth of God's kingdom is in the seed. Georgia Ongley, that's good, Dave. Awesome, thanks, Georgia. The growth of God's kingdom is in the seed. Okay, so verse 27, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. It's the mystery. 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. See, what immediately catches my eye in this verse is the certainty that no matter what the man does, once he scatters that seed on the ground, the seed sprouts and grows night and day whether he's asleep or whether he gets up the seed sprouts and grows verse 28 all by itself the soil produces grain you see it is not man that wields the power to make the seed grow it is not up to the man the power and the new life is already contained in the seed now, man can water the seed, yes, 
and, and pray for the seed and hope for some sort of jack in the beanstalk growth moment, something like that. But inevitably, man cannot grow the seed. Which brings me to my next point. The growth of God's kingdom, it's unstoppable. Remember the entire grain is already in the seed. And if you plant that seed in good soil, it will grow. Let me explain this to you. Man doesn't plant the seed, water it, and then go home, take a shower, have dinner, sit down, pay some bills online, like some pictures on Instagram, go to sleep, and then the next day wake up, have some breakfast. Oh, I wonder how that seed's going. So hightails it off into the soil, finds the seed, and hmm, nothing's happening. Well, I better just dig it up and check on it. So he doesn't go in there and dig it up and, you know, check the temperature, sing it a song. You okay, buddy? Throw it back in the soil, water it, head home, do it again tomorrow. No, that's not how it works. The power is already in the seed and the seed will grow. Verse 28, all by itself. See, in this verse, Jesus is teaching us that man does not make the kingdom grow. It just does. The growth of God's kingdom, it is unstoppable. It's what the word of God does. There is power in the Bible. There is power in the gospels. There is power in his kingdom. The growth of God's kingdom is unstoppable. You know what happens when you speak life over your children? Growth. You know what happens when you spend time with the Holy Spirit? Growth. You know what happens when you seek first the kingdom of God, Tamar? You got it, growth. When we tend to the condition of our hearts, so we are receptive and open to the word of God, the growth of God's kingdom is unstoppable. Now, does, does the man in this parable play his part? Yes, he does. Absolutely, he does. It's his responsibility to scatter the seed. And just like you and me, it's, it's our responsibility to scatter the seed. However, it is the influence of the Holy Spirit and the power in the word of God that will grow others, will grow ourselves and grow the kingdom of God. It's, un, it's unstoppable. The growth of God's kingdom is unstoppable. Verse 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. 29, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Wayne Alexander, his kingdom is unstoppable. Thanks so much, church. You're really encouraging me right now. This is an awesome illustration about spiritual growth. See, spiritual growth, it, it starts out small, just like, just like all new life. All new life that comes into this world starts out small, right? Unless you're like a baby elephant or a blue whale or something like that. Let's get some blue whales in the chat here. All right, let's keep going on. Spiritual growth starts out small, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to grow in us and influence our decisions, we start to see the beginnings of transformation. 
And when we cultivate the soil of our hearts, you know, and I don't, when I say that, I don't, I don't just mean once. I mean, when we, when we do this on a regular basis, so the seed can become heavily rooted in our hearts, spiritual growth happens. And when this growth is happening, I don't think we're entirely conscious about it. You know, we're not, we're not measuring it as it happens. We're not keeping tabs on it. Like I, I don't, you know, go to a huddle or a prayer meeting and then I go home and I go, oh, I've reached this level of spiritual growth. I've got a level up here. I don't think we're entirely conscious of it. However, as the seed is sown into our hearts, we sort of, we sort of carry on with our lives and we stay busy and, and, you know, we go to church and we go to work, Saturday sports, um, make time for discipleship and our friends and family. However, slowly but surely, you know, God's word is having an effect on us. Which brings me to my last point. And I'm not even gonna play, but I stole this one from Pastor Rick. The growth of God's kingdom is moment by moment. See, we think we can see spiritual uh, growth immediately. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. Take me. I, I, I can kind of laugh about it because I've been there before myself. You see, a few years ago, uh, I preached the message here in this church uh, on a Friday night. Uh, and ironically, the title of that message was Anything for the Kingdom. And the heart of this message was uh, we should always align our priorities to say yes for the kingdom. And I remember sharing a small testimony about joining the worship and, and creative team. And I remember thinking back how I thought I was spiritually ready. I'm ready, Lord, use me. I just wanna praise his names, I'm ready. But at that time, uh, I still had much cultivating to do in the soil of my heart. I still needed to uh, address many things that were happening in my life. and. Yeah, I, I remember coming to rehearsals every single Sunday and I would sit and I would watch just in these seats down here. And during this time, uh, Pastor Rick spoke a verse over uh, my life and that was Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Anyway, long story short, uh, I sat in those seats for about a year and a half and, and, and I was working on my soil and uh, I was sitting under the worship and, and sitting under the word and and I was seeking and I was working on my soil and I was working and I was working and I was working. And uh, well, as you may or may not know, I now serve within our um, incredible worship and creative team and, and it's an absolute privilege and I don't ever take that for granted. But here's the thing, that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't prioritize my spiritual growth. And I will say this, it wasn't just you know, a, a one week all in intensive course kind of thing. It was moment by moment, by moment, by moment with the Holy Spirit. See, we sometimes think that spiritual growth is just instant. And why not? I mean, we live in a time where everything in this world is, hey, David, how's your numbers? How's your KPIs? Where, where's, your, where's your bottom line at? Where's the result? Where's the result? You know, it's heavily based on the now. But Luke chapter 17 says, you know, Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. It's not of this world. 
So we are constantly measuring ourselves against earthly principles and not kingdom principles. I think we need to change that. But I can say this, when we look back at our lives and we can clearly see how far the Lord has brought us to this point, to me, that is a better measurement of spiritual growth. You see, slowly and surely our lives, they begin to to transform through the renewing of our hearts. The glorious power of the Holy Spirit changes our lives. And so I ask you this morning, church, are you sowing to the Spirit? And when you do, is it moment by moment? Or is it only now and then? For if we sow to the Spirit, then of the Spirit we are going to reap. The growth of God's kingdom is moment by moment. Naomi Burrell, measuring ourselves against earthly principles. Wow, so true. Hearts and thumbs up all across you guys have got my back. Love you so much. So I want to take a quick look at Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 14. So Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Powerful verse, powerful, powerful verse. And when I hear this verse, I'm intrigued to hear that the kingdom of heaven belongs to the little children. And so I thought about that. Why? Why the little children? And I was reminded of uh, my son, Andre. You may know Andre. Uh, He's a really reserved character in public. And at home, he just kind of removes the filter. Anyway, um, when, when Andre was two years old, I remember him asking his, his mum about God. And he was, he was like, mum, who is God? And, and who is Jesus? And, and what does he mean to me? And as he got older, he, he'd ask more questions about heaven and the Holy Spirit. And then little Andre ran off to school. He's, he, you know, he's about five or six now. And he's asking more questions and, and more questions and he would, he would also go to school and he would tell his friends about Jesus and about the cross and about the resurrection. It was amazing. And you know what? Not for one second did he doubt it. How could he? Not for one second. His heart was open and receptive and his soil was well-maintained. Children hear the gospel and understand the kingdom better than most because their hearts are open. I really believe that that is what Jesus was reminding us of in this verse. It's so important to have good soil in our hearts so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to grow. So here are my three points again. And Tamar, can I get you to come up? Awesome. The growth of God's kingdom is in the seed. The growth of God's kingdom is unstoppable and the growth of God's kingdom is moment by moment. But we must have the good soil to receive the seed. Amen? Amen. Props. Andre required a poor. Props. There's that uh, filters come off. So before I close the service in prayer today, I want to ask you a, a question, church. And, and I ask myself the same question. 
How is your heart? Is it open? And if it is, I promise you, you will see spiritual growth in your life. If you don't know where you're at this morning or you don't know where to start, it's okay. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. Right where you are this morning, it doesn't matter whether you're in your bedroom, it doesn't matter if you're in the kitchen or you're standing at the washing line when you watch this back, or if you're sitting in a small jail in Mexico, In fact, you don't need to be sitting in this building here this morning to experience the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. See, kingdom growth, it is in the seed, but the seed needs good soil to bear new life. Amen? Amen. Let me close in prayer. Lord, We thank you for your word today. And we pray that the principles of this this parable, the, the growing seed, slowly sink into the deepest areas of our hearts. We are grateful and we are honored that we get to partner with you so we may play our part in advancing your kingdom, Lord. We pray that moment by moment, you will begin to shape our spiritual growth. And we pray that we have the presence and awareness to check the condition of our hearts so we can continue to grow in a deeper understanding of who you are. Holy Spirit, we pray that you continue to guide us and you continue to comfort us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, it was an absolute privilege to, to uh, have you here with us. So I'm going to close the service right now. So we'll see you uh, same time next week. Love you guys.